Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast is brought to you by Becker Furniture World, Franzen Bank and Trust, Menards, and Carrier. It is with us uh, editions of Talking Preps. Um, this week we'll be, of course, talking about where we are in, in, in the pandemic era right now. Seems like things change every week and we're always finding new information and new things that we're, that we're discovering. Um, and, and that's with nobody really having played much in terms of sports. I think tennis just began yesterday um, or you know, a couple of days ago when we're recording this. Um, there's, there's a little bit to talk about, but again, we're going to be pandemic heavy. David, how you doing? Um, you know, things are going fine. Try to live life about four hours at a time these days. Really? Is this like, is this like a, a diet or what's going on? Well, I, we always had one day at a time. I think that the COVID era, the, uh, it's better to try to go about four hours at a time. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no they talk about uh, Navy SEAL training. Uh, they have Hell Week and the, the people that survive it, they said that you always just try to aim for the next meal. You know, if it's morning and you got through breakfast, all right, now get to lunch and get through lunch. All right, get to dinner and just try to live in the moment a little bit more and and not bog yourself down with, with the, uh, the weight of the uncertainties um, that, that are all around us. And, and like, like you, I'd said in the lead, and like you're referring to, things do change quickly. Um, I was out at a, a tennis match on Tuesday. Well, Blake and Minnetonka, two of the best teams in the, uh, in the state. Um, and to see what a match is actually like in, in this era. And there were fans out there. It didn't seem much different than your typical tennis match. Um, there was a, a few kind of minor restrictions, but nothing really that really uh, affected the spectators or the fans or the players that much. And I got to believe some of the other sports, like the team sports like soccer and that, are going to probably have much more, be much more affected than a sport like tennis. But the, what, were your, what were your minor restrictions you experienced? Well, you know, obviously, touching is one thing. Sellies, I talked to Ted, uh, uh, Ted Schultz, the athletic director at uh, Minnetonka, and he said he talked to both the tennis players and soccer players about sellies, sellies being celebrations and how they have to be more, um, uh, they can't be as physical as they want to. And that's something that kids love. They love to high-five and hug and, and uh, what what do they call the the move the boys and girls do now, where they run and jump and turn turn into each other, their shoulders or their backs? I don't know if that's got a name. No, yet. yeah, but, I don't know what we call it. Yeah, but I know I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Then those things are uh, are restricted. Although I will say this, and I'm not going to divulge anything more than a couple of players clandestinely did manage a a uh, a high five. Uh, during the mat, during the in between matches there, and uh, but when I asked one of them about it, she kind of smiled slightly and said, "Well, we we did it with a towel in our hands, so uh, you know, so she knew they knew that that they're they were doing it, and when they did it, I saw them happen. I saw it happen, and they were uh, looking around like they're you know trying to snatch the last cookie, make sure no one was watching. Kids are still be kids. I don't think it's a it's a egregious offense, but you know." it's kind of tough not to do the things you've been doing for years. That's for sure. Uh, it seemed to affect parents more in terms of um, where you can sit, where you could be. Um, a lot of them said that this is the first time all, all year long in tennis since practice started or before 
that they've actually been able to watch their kids um, sure. because you weren't able to go to practice. And at some schools, you know, I'm hearing that uh, they're restricting, and this is just some, and I can't give you any specifics, but I'm hearing uh, secondhand that they're, they have gone the extra step to restrict all attendance, rather not just indoor attendance, which we are aware of um, at, uh, at high school events, at least in the short term uh, to see how things are, uh, are going to play out. Which is frustrating. And, and of course there's good reason for all of this, but it's, it's, it's one of those situations where you have different levels of uh, attempted at ownership of, of keeping safety and, and restrictions. And it, it all stems from the place of trying to keep sports going and trying to keep kids safe. But it's it's uh, it's it's hard to tell, you know, if this is a, a you know like a local matter, or a county matter, or a state matter, and, and I think the best thing to do is to always call or email and find out if you know if, if attendance is allowed because you know not only do you have different layers of of oversight, but then you have you know fluid you know, things are fluid and, mm -hmm. and what might have worked one week and now next week they're scaling back because they just again they want to make sure that they don't have to shut sports down if if they can help it and so i understand the uh the well-meant confusion but it's it's i can also appreciate the frustration of trying because the parents are trying to do and stay you know in the right too and and you know, if they keep telling you, well, now this is how we stay in the right. And it, it's, it's a little tough to keep up with. So hopefully everyone's taking a deep breath and saying, all right, we're, we're just trying to do this in the name of safety. We're trying to do this in the name of responsibility. Just tell me what I need to do this week and we'll get it handled. You know, hopefully, hopefully we're having that, bringing that spirit to it. Yeah. And, and what one parent told me yesterday is that she's just thrilled that her daughter gets a chance to play. There you go. She was, a, she was, uh, they were all prepared to hear um, through most of July and in the early couple of days of August that there was going to be a season. So when they heard that there was going to be one, and I'm talking about tennis, um, they, that I think they all breathed a sigh of relief. And any other expectations, uh, they, they kind of put on the back burner and just are kind of happy to be there right now. So uh, I didn't find anybody grumbling. The one thing in talking to some parents yesterday, I was, I was, I was one man I know who's uh, a tennis coach, but his daughter also plays um, high-level basketball, uh, AAU basketball. And uh, they went all summer long playing AAU basketball with, with, you know, COVID protocol, with disinfecting and wearing masks on the bench and wearing masks on anything that you're, you're not playing and, and how to stand and things like that. But they said they didn't have any issues with uh, COVID transmission that they were aware of. Um, he also ran a tennis camp all summer long, seven weeks. That was very highly attended. He said nothing. The nothing, nothing was transmitted. They, everything was pretty safe. The only difference that he had was a few less players on the court at one time than he normally would. So th there was a little bit more of uh, organization going. Uh, he needed to do there, but uh, which is a good sign if I'm the high school league and I'm these teams. If these steps were working for AAU sports and for summertime sports. And there hasn't been any real reports of uh, widespread or even nominal outbreaks of uh, the pandemic in these sports. That bodes well uh, for uh, high, uh, high school sports, I think. 
Well, if, if the iSchool League is, is reaching out to those folks and, and working together against you know, a common enemy, because, you know, the high school league, the AEU, those, they have, there's a little bit maybe different direction in the mission. And so mm-hmm. you, you hope that they're looking past that and saying, Hey, what, what did work well? And what, you know, what could we think about? Um, you hope that those conversations are happening because it would be to the benefit of the kids. So right now we've got tennis is starting. We've got swimming, which will be starting soon, uh, I think early September. Uh, has soccer actually started playing games yet, Dan? I don't know. I, I know that Thursday was going to, is going to be when I'm out the first night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't speak to whether or not they may have started on a different day earlier this week. I'm sorry. And um, has cross country run any races at this point? Well, last, excuse me, I think it was last Thursday, um, or is it this Thursday? Like, for example, Stillwater, <laughs> who I went up, well, because this is, last week was, we opened up on the 17th, yep. so that was last week. So I think it's this Thursday, Stillwater boys, who I had saw on the first day of fall practice, they had an uh, inner squad event that was going to happen this Thursday, the 27th, I guess that is. And the, the, the that was that was their plan as far as now they weren't going to have some of the same hubbub uh, in the past. They would get members of the marching band down there, and of course parents. And, and it was a it was an it was an event on the track, even though they're cross country. It was an event on the track under the lights. So kind of a fun evening thing, which you know cross country doesn't usually lend itself to evening events. Um, and that was going to be kind of their, their inner squad team kickoff. Their, their plan was to still have it, but again, no band, few, if any parents. Um, and then, you know, the, the kids running in different pods and things. So, so that, that kind of event was, was going to be happening, at least with Stillwater. I assume there's others out there doing things similar. You know, when you say the fun event, that brings up something that uh, the Minnetonka AD Ted Schultz told me he talked about sellies and no celebrations and things that he talked to his kids. Um, and we both kind of looked at each other and said, so you mean much of the fun is gone. And that's kind of the way this has come. It, the, all these rules and restrictions have siphoned a lot of the, uh, the enjoyable parts of the sports away from the sports themselves. Now, obviously these kids enjoy participating in the sport they're, uh, they're in. That's the most enjoyable, but, being able to celebrate and hug and, and high five and, and be in close contact with your teammates. That's kind of what the whole sport is all about. So uh, it's, that's another casualty of, uh, of the COVID pandemic is fun. Actually <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. fun to have to worry about what you're doing at this time or what you're doing. If this is enough or if, your teammate is comfortable with what you're doing or wants to be more uh, uh, separate or have a greater distance between you and him or you and her. Um, that was one of the things that came out of the tennis match yesterday that one of the players astutely said uh, the biggest concern for her is um, what your teammates are, cons- are comfortable with. You know, and it's, she's, she's very comfortable with still being a little bit more, you know, physical like normal, but, there are others that aren't. And so you have to be aware of what every one of your teammates is feeling and be respectful of that as well. And 
Now that's that that takes a little while to to get used to. I'm I'm sure there will be a few mistaken contacts that that someone doesn't appreciate. So that's that's another part of the game. Well, and, and I think I hit upon a, a little bit of a mathematical formula of the dichotomy in all this, and that is that's a good word, the, dichotomy. Mark that down. Yeah, it's a dichotomy. Yeah. I can't, I can't write it down. Well, I need to type it so it's spell check and fix it. But <laughs> the, uh, you've got ADs working and, and coaches are working twice as hard and for half of an event experience. And, and when, I'm, when I say half an event experience, yes, they get to play or they get to run, but they have to, like I said, think about celebrations. Think about that event under the lights and, and, and the emotions. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's twice the, but it, but it, you know, and, and to, and to limit crowds, so you have twice the work going into half the, half the experience and even three times the stress around all of it. It's, <laughs> no kidding. it's, just, it's just kind of maddening, you know? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll turn I'll turn to you. You know, we, we talked about the channels, the administrators and the parents. I had an interesting uh, insight given to me by a coach. And so if coaches are listening to this and they haven't hit upon this, bit of a motivational tactic, um, feel free to use it if it feels like it would be helpful. So we heard it, you said on the podcast how the high school league said, you know, we can do everything we know how to do to keep kids safe at training. We can, we can have bag drops six feet apart. We can keep the proper spacing and we can keep them in pods. And, and, but then when six of them get in the same car to leave, you know, it, it, it kind of defeats the purpose. And I was talking to a coach yesterday who said the message that, that they're giving their returning athletes is, you know, if there's any sort of griping about, you know, missing a sleepover or a team dinner or the other hallmarks of kind of that off field uh, bonding that happens, the coach's message was go back and talk to graduated seniors who were involved in a spring sport and didn't get to do it. And they would do anything. They would miss any amount of sleepover, any amount of team dinner, any amount of whatever to, if it meant having their season, you know, and I thought that was a real sobering reminder uh, to these kids who, you know, think it either doesn't concern them or they're invisible or, or, or invincible or somehow immune. I think it's a very sobering reminder of, of what's at stake and, and you have to, you have to go along with it. Even if you think it's a little bit over, overdone, you still have to go along with it to make sure you can have a season. I've been amazed at the kids I've talked to and how mature um, most of them have seen, uh, seemed about accepting what's going on. Um, That's good. You, you would expect there to be a little bit of, of whining or complaining or what have you because they're, they're kids. But from the most part, I think virtually every kid I've talked to uh, has been very accepting of it, very understanding, very, very tolerant of whatever restrictions are put on them. And uh, that's a testament to how many different people, to the parents, to the ADs, to the high school league, to everybody, to recognition of how much has gone into trying to make a season for kids when you've got some conferences and some college conferences that are canceling everything and that we're able to put this together for young people. Um, and so I, I think they realize that. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by so the maturity that I've, I've experienced from so many of the kids that are, are athletes this year. It's, 
applauding, I'd like to applaud all of them. So, and if you're not, well, and then, yeah. be that way. <laughs> well, and then I, yeah, I think it, you see it, I, I see it on Twitter. Um, the, the tone is set in the right way. A lot of the folks the, that run the, t- the team accounts or the school accounts for their activities are ADs. And I see a lot of uh, pictures this week of, of competitions and the, the word, some variants of the word grateful and gratitude comes in that, that they have this, that they have something. And it, it's not what they're used to. And, and we know about the restrictions and other things, but they're grateful to have the kids competing. And, and so when that starts from the top, hopefully it, it trickles down and uh, it gets the kids and, and even the coaches gets that through those days when, again, you got to kind of bite your lip and count to 10 and, 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 you know, agree, you know, agree to do what is needed to be done to keep things going. And, and last, last uh, spring was uh, kind of a shocking disappointment because it did come up awfully quick for so many people. So I remember there being more comments about let us play. We just want to play those sorts of things. And you don't blame them because it happened all of a sudden. Now that we've had five, six months, uh, five months, I guess, to, uh, to acclimate to what's going on. And it's a constant reminder. It's uh, we're hearing COVID news every single day. I don't think it's quite as much of a shock and it gives you the opportunity to rationalize and accept and, and, uh, and move forward with, with what you have. So uh, a coach told me yesterday, he said, uh, one of the things we need to teach kids is resiliency. And this is a great lesson in this. And, and, uh, and so there are things to be gained as well. And I, I, I'm, I think it's pretty positive that we're finding uh, messages and lessons to be learned in all of this. And I think that's going to help moving forward. I was thinking of you today, and I'm putting you on a spot a little bit here. Yeah, my ears are burning. Yeah. Or no, that would be you're, talking about me. That's right. You're, well, I was Something thinking was burning. You. So, yeah, I was, I was thinking about you. So I don't know what the corresponding burning feeling <laughs> is to thoughts, but <laughs> it, was, it should have been inflamed this morning because I saw – there's a, a, a kid from uh, Shakopee, uh, Gophers commit, Devin Eastern. Yeah, football player. Um, yeah, who, defensive end, now four-star prospect. Now, I got I, I to gotta admit, I don't, I, 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 last year I did the defense for our all-metro team at the end of the year. I don't remember this kid even coming up. No. Uh, and you, you're the guy that does just a hell of a job at the beginning of the year putting together the dream team because every year you not only have the – kids that we saw who were known quantities as juniors or sophomores coming back, but you'll also stay abreast of who's, who's going to put themselves in a position to really break out, who had a great summer. And I'm wondering if you have much intel on Mr. Eastern and, and, if, and if, that, if we could blossom this into who are some of the other people that, that you were looking forward to putting on the dream team this fall who you may have to you'll shelve until, you know, if we put this all back together in March. Well, this is kind of uh, kind of putting me on the spot here. As far as Devin Eastern, I will uh, be honest and say I really wasn't all that aware of him at the start of last year as well either. Right. A lot of these kids get offers based on camps and combines and, sure. and, and individual workouts. Now, I know he had a decent year as a junior, and he didn't come out of any, nowhere, but I think a lot of it was that he really blossomed. He really showed up well in camps. And that's why the Gophers offered him. And it uh, makes a lot of sense. There's kids like that uh, as well. Who is the, the kid uh, um, at uh, Anoka, linebacker, Cody, what was his Lindbergh. 
Same Lindenberg, yeah. yeah. Didn't make, you know, they had a terrible year at Anoka, and he played largely a defensive back and a, a running back the year before, kind of a slot back. And, but he was so impressive at the, at the Gophers camp, uh, and they saw him as a, a fast and good reactions and good athlete and a frame that was enough to, to put on some weight that they offered him as a linebacker. Um, and, and so that was a good, uh, that, that's a good case in point. You don't necessarily have to stand out statistically or be a big name to really catch somebody's eye. Um, as far as this year, you know, I've written about a, a couple of kids that I think I was looking forward to seeing this year. Um, I think one of the kids that I was looking for that I've, I've touted a couple of times as a defensive lineman at uh, Hutchinson named Jordan Titus, who reminds me of a, uh, a quick little Aaron Donald type where he's strong. He's, he's shorter, low to the ground. He's got a low uh, uh, center of gravity, but man, he explodes and you can't get lower than him. And like, you know, in football, low man, low man wins, baby. Lines, you know? So uh, he was a kid. I was always on the ground. What's that? That's why I was always on the ground. I thought, well, this thing, can't get lower than this. Because you're <laughs> never mind. Somebody put me there. I didn't, I didn't go there for strategic reasons. I just always ended up there. Um, the uh, running back at Elk River, Carter Otto, who uh, is not an unknown, but uh, I thought he has a chance to be uh, a, a big time player this year because he's fast and he's a playmaker. Might be the best athlete I've seen come out of Elk River in a long, long time. Um, he was, and who was our running back in Minneapolis North? You, I know you had a, a high, high aspirations for him as well. Oh, um, God, there's so many kids at North, you know, you've got, uh, um, and now I better look at the names because suddenly I'm, I'm blanking on, on all, on all, all of them, but, uh, uh, the running back Terrence Kamara, who I think That's the one, yeah. he's committed to, uh, Air Force. All right. Okay. So, you know, there was a lineman at, uh, at St. Thomas Academy named uh, uh, Garrison. Oh, how can we forget Garrison? Uh, oh, boy. We already forgot. Soliday? Yes. Soliday. He, now yeah. that, you talked about being impressed by your guy in, at Hutchinson. Soliday impressed the hell out of me. I had their, their uh, playoff game at Woodbury High School against Owatonna. And Owatonna had won the past two championships, and they've got some beef up front. And Soliday was just – he was really, you could, it's not often you can really notice a defensive interior lineman, but, but Soliday was extremely noticeable. He was, that's a heck of a kid. I, ta I talked to him uh, for a story of, uh, about a month ago, and uh, he was lamenting the fact that he's not going to get to play because he's kind of undersized. And both right. he and I compared him to Aaron Donald again because of the way he, he, even, he even said, I, I, I compared him to Aaron Donald, and he said, Great minds think alike, which I thanked him for calling me a great mind. Um, Write that down. Because uh, that, that's the kind of player he is. But he's, over, he's undersized. He's like 5'11", 6 feet. So colleges aren't looking at him as a defensive lineman. But, you know, there are different ways to get things done. And you don't necessarily have to be, you know, 300 pounds on the defensive line if you're quick and you can get into gaps and, and uh, create havoc in the backfield. Um, and he's a kid that's athletic enough that you can move around. So he's another kid that I expected huge things from uh, this year. Yeah, yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, it's going to be uh, you know we can you know March Madness. You think about it. Well, now it's it's going to be you know doing things like this. It's going to be dream teams. Just 
we're going to be like, you know, putting the bow on, hopefully anyway, the, the boys hockey tournament or, or, you know, maybe basketball. And then, you know, right alongside of that will be things like the dream team football. It's, it's, it's really, if everything, if all, everything holds for March, it's going to be a very, very strange and, and fast and furious time of year. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, that, that spring and it's already, um, a time of year that's that, that you kind of keep your fingers crossed in the spring because you're hoping, I actually don't mind. I don't know if you agree with me a little bit of late spring, bad weather, just to give us a breather between the fall turn <laughs> start of the spring season. But this year there's not going to be anything, man. We're going to have to take any, um, deep breaths we have now and hold our hold hold that breath until after the winter season if things go as way we way we hope they're going to go but um i hope they do i sure hope there's football you know i i i don't know if i said it here but i've told to other people who care about this stuff i'm surprised we went with nothing in the fall i thought we could have gone every other week four game regular season you you know you build in two weeks of a buffer you know in case you need it in case problems arise and then you know if, if you do have to shut down, shut down or whatever. But I, I was, I, I, I thought we could have started with something and I, and I, I sure hope that there's, there's something that they can do in March to, to make sure there's something, even if it's very limited. I think we could have done something in both uh, football and volleyball. Volleyball coaches were the ones that were a little bit more taken aback by it because uh, like yeah. Dylan and Egan said, she went all summer long coaching volleyball. And you can do it without spectators. Pro leagues have showed us we can do it without spectators. I think the big thing they were worried about was, was you know, the spectators and doing something, doing a sport indoors. But I, I really think volleyball could have done it as well with, again, restrictions and limitations. Um, but, you know. At, were they in any way a casualty What's that? Well, if, were they in any way a casualty of equity? I mean, if you took a boys, you had to take a girls. I don't want to. I don't want to go out and live and see anything like that. I mean, I can see where that would be speculation. I think that there are there, are there coaches that rumble that that you know that just say hey, off the record personally. I think. I mean, did that ever come up? There were a couple of people that mentioned uh, Title IX issues, yeah. and said, uh, said I don't know. And they they basically did it in a quizzical sense. And uh, I'm not sure how this would affect Title IX, but is is there Title IX things we have? Yeah, to do? yeah. Right. I think right. that uh, the state legal um, representative had. So the Title IX wouldn't be an issue because of the the uh, extenuating circumstances and the fact that it's kind of a one-off that this is happening. Yeah. That would be something they'd have to worry about. Um, so I don't think that that came into uh, um, too many minds, but I do know that it was brought up. And now that I think about it, one representative did say, "Well, as long as we, if we've um, already done this here, we have to do this for this sport as well." And they talk about volleyball and and football, so. Uh, I do think they kind of went in as kind of a matched set since both were teams. And the fact that soccer was played outdoors made a huge difference in whether soccer can be, uh, could still be played. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. Sometimes it's fun to perpetuate little conspiracies. Other times it's good to squash them. And so what you said about, you know, this being a one-off and maybe title nine not being applicable, I think that helps. That should hopefully then, quiet people down who, who who are stuck on the idea that 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 volleyball is simply a casualty of, of making some amount of numbers somewhere match up so it's good good job well uh, mr clauda our fearless team leaders been timing us paul can you let us know how much time we have left 
Uh, I think you're I think you're in a good spot to wrap up unless you got more to add. I think we'll better save some of our juiciest stuff for next week. I don't want to run out and run out of information now. So then sit there and, and dab dead silence next week. So let's keep some of that stuff and we'll uh uh we'll uh, address some more issues next week and hopefully we'll have some actual sports to talk about. <laughs>